it's really footy time with Daniel Andrews and, as always, joined on the other line by Johnny Rath. How are we, Johnny? Yeah, not too bad, Dan. Ready for a normal AFL round again after a few weeks of buy rounds. So, yeah. It's always a bit of a relief, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. But just Get a back sense to normality. normality. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your doomsday then? Yeah, look, it was definitely between two, but uh, I'm going to go with GWS losing to Hawthorne and being the second Sydney team in a few weeks to lose to the Hawks. Um, there's a lot at stake for the Giants. Where is that game? This is a Giants stadium. Okay. And uh, just outside the eight, uh, a win will probably see them into the eight. They'd have to hope for a few other results to go their way, but... Uh, yeah, there's just a lot at stake. They need to win all their home games, I'd say, from here on out. And, um, yeah, they just can't afford to lose that one. Yeah, the Hawks actually play pretty well against the Giants. They I do. remember a couple of games in the last few seasons, even where the Giants have been pretty heavy favourites and Hawks have actually knocked them off. So yep. that'll be a tricky game for them. I know they had a good win over Carlton. But, uh, yeah, Hawthorne uh, up and running. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely won't be easy beats there. That's it. All right, so my most at stake is actually Brisbane. So they've got a Friday night game against the Cats up at Gabba. So this is a rematch of the 2020 prelim final where Brisbane, I think, were the slight favourites but got really run over the top of in that second half there. So the question I have is, has Brisbane actually improved? Everyone thinks the Cats have improved, but have Brisbane actually uh, made a meaningful improvement, and can they get the job done on their home patch against the Cats? Yeah, yeah, no, massive test for them, and uh, yeah, really, if they're going to be a top four team, they got to win this game. Yeah, absolutely, especially after that failed test against Melbourne. I know they had a really good first half in particular, but yeah, they need to get a top four scalp, I suppose. Definitely, and they did beat Richmond the other week as well, so. Yeah, they've still got some good form, but yeah, I guess that would have been a one that really hurt when they lost that prelim final. So they won the qualifying final against Richmond. Uh, everyone saw that as a huge test at the time, obviously. Set up the home prelim, but uh, couldn't quite get it done, even though you know they had a lot of advantages in that season, getting to play almost all their games in Queensland, either at the Gabba or down at Carrara. So... Yeah, just be interesting to see what Brisbane can bring to the table. Yeah, no, there's a bit, there's a bit to prove there. Um, I mean, look, we know they're a great side, but uh, they just got to yeah show us all again that they're definitely a shot at the flag. For sure. All right, let's jump into true or false now. First one: Richmond are certainties to make the eight. True or false, Johnny? Uh, this is true, I think. Uh, look, their draw is is pretty favourable and they'll definitely get enough wins, I think, to make the eight. I mean, they've got the Suns after this week. Oh, sorry, they've got St Kilda this week, then the Suns. Uh, I know that they have, I think, Geelong and another decent team for the rest of the season, but um, they'll get enough wins. Might, might be Brisbane, actually, yeah. They'll get enough wins, though, and um, they'll definitely make the eight. I would... I would put not quite a mortgage on it, but uh, I'd definitely put <laughs> a, a small sum of money on it. Yeah, so I guess this comes on the back of them losing that close game to West Coast 
if the Josh Kennedy kick was after the siren or very close to it. Uh, but, about uh, 20 or 30 seconds left. Yeah. So I guess Richmond just keep finding ways to lose games. It's just not something you associate with Richmond. And they put up a good fight, obviously. But yeah, the losses are piling up. And I don't know. You know, there's no certainties, but <laughs> if anyone's yeah. a certainty, I guess you'd have to back Richmond in here, particularly with their draw. But uh, yeah, I guess I when guess... they lose, they don't they don't lose by much. I guess that that's one thing you could sort of take out of it if you're a Tigers fan. Yeah, they've still got a pretty good percentage. But uh, yeah, I think as the Tigers fans would still be pretty confident going into the back half of the year. Definitely, they are starting to get a few players back, but kind of alluded to this. Some of the players are getting a little bit older now. They've been up for a long time now, so there's no guarantee that they're going to stay on the park either. But I think, yeah, you're backing him to finish in the eight. Yep. So am I. So it be interesting to see what the odds would be. <laughs> yeah. Probably like a dollar twenty or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we may, we may look into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. David Teague is now coaching on borrowed time. True or false? I think this is true. I think that as soon I watched most of that game, like in replay, actually, um, second half, I would say, and maybe highlights of the first. But um, it's the same old thing. It's uh, pretty much rinse and repeat. They have a good crack. They've got some uh, some good effort there, but um, defensive structures are horrible. Uh, they lose. I wouldn't say they lose their interest, but they lose. Um, yeah, they just lose a little bit of desire, it seems like. And um, the, a lot of those stupid defensive errors, it's a lack of structure, but it's also just a lack of concentration, I find. Uh, there was a moment, I think, when Toby Green just sort of chipped it into the pocket again um, to, uh, to, uh, to Hopper, I think it was, who then sort of swung around for a really nice snap. But um, they're just asleep at the switch half the time and... I'd be tearing my hair out if I was a Carlton fan. I've said that many times on this on this podcast, and I just don't see anything changing. And there's still just uh, just under a half of the season to go, and I'm just yeah. A lot of these a lot of these question marks come back to the coaching, in my opinion. And yeah, I, I was half expecting Teague to come out this week and make a bit of an announcement, to be honest, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like that he's was. Still got, yeah. He's still got a year left to run his contract. He does. Doesn't he? But uh, they've announced that there will be a review, and yeah, there have been coaches that have survived these reviews, but I'm not sure Teague has the runs on the board to actually survive no. any type of review if it's at all, uh, you know, delving as a review should. Yeah, and look, uh, you know, I. I definitely don't hate the guy. You know, I think he was great when he came in to sort of bind the guys together and um, get them playing for each other. But that doesn't seem to be there. There's not really that buy-in. And yeah, I, I just there's, there's there's plenty of talent there. There's some good players in that back line that they're just not getting enough out of it. And yeah, yeah I guess it does. It's always going back to how they're defending, isn't it? So I think yeah. they're one of the only teams that is going to like a fully one-on-one. Uh, style in the back line. So that's something you always hear the commentators talking about, that they're not really uh, trying to free anyone up or getting anyone to come in and support. And I guess another one of their problems is they've got a lot of guys who 
play half back, but aren't very accountable. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. They they don't like they they don't really play beyond their man. It's it's not that we talked about Geelong how they sort of know the exact time to peel off and help a teammate out. There's not really any of that. Yeah, and midfielders don't get back. Midfielders don't trace back. Enough. There's been I mean, I'm not I'm not picking on Lockie Plowman, but there's been a lot of footage this year where he just gets caught in those two minds and doesn't sort of look in the right direction even and it's just yeah, it's 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 kind of school footy stuff really at times. So I guess going back to that half back thing, both the guys that, that they got in the off season, uh Saad and also uh, Zach Williams, they're sort of playing that role now, yeah. kind of giving them a bit of drive out of the half back line, but they're not renowned as, you know, anywhere near sort of a lockdown defender. Although I guess Saad did do that role not too bad at Essendon at times when, you know, they really wanted him to clamp someone and try and run off at the same time. But he could yeah. he could definitely go with a, a quick small forward, definitely. But um these decisions, I don't know how what you thought when Carlton did get these guys, but I, I kind of just felt like it was the same thing over and it's happening all again over again. Carlton's just trying to buy their way out of trouble. They're just trying to get that that <laughs> big that big fish, you know. Let's let's yeah. get the members excited and that. So I think a lot of the um the questions have to be directed to the top as well. I think that that they they're escaping a bit of criticism here, and it's all kind of falling at the coach. I mean, you know, yeah. the president. I think Zach, Zach Williams was a big gamble. Yeah, and I guess it sort of proved to be the case. They haven't got a lot out of him this year. It was an expensive halfback flanker. Yeah, they know. I think they knew what they were getting with Saad, yep. and I guess it just comes back to you know, was that really the type of player they needed to be spending pick eight on? Especially when you look at someone like Essendon, and I might have mentioned this recently. So apologies if I'm repeating myself, but. Um, they didn't really give up much to get Nick Hind, and look how much of an impact he's had in there on their halfback line. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess yeah, when you're putting a lot of your investment into your halfbacks, it's probably uh, you know it's a little bit fraught. You don't see too many teams going out and you know signing halfbacks to big contracts. No, it, it just seemed that when Carlton had the cap room, they were only too happy to spend it. Yeah. Well, I guess we should mention that they thought they could make Zach Williams uh midfield of that. Absolutely. That really absolutely. It wasn't in the plan to, to be a halfback flanker straight off the bat. No. All right, next one. The grand final should be played at the MCG, even if only 25,000 fans can attend. Oh. True or false? Oh, 25. 25. So as a percentage, that's only 25% as well, 100,000 stadium, obviously. So only 25,000, which would be roughly half of what you could get at Optus Stadium in Perth. Jeez. And what can you get at the Adelaide Oval? I'm not even sure. Uh, 40? Yeah, about, about that. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> Did you? I feel like you strategically picked this number as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it, I didn't want to make it too easy for you. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course. But uh, like, it's a really, it's like a a biting point of debate, this number. Because I would think, honestly, I'm leaning towards false. Because um, that's just too many people missing out, I think. And if, if every other state 
is 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 capable, especially so. I would be looking at Western Australia, obviously. Um, you'd have to, you'd have to consider it. Um, having said that, if it was over fifty percent, I think it would probably should be at the MCG. So if you're getting at least fifty plus thousand, I think that's enough. But twenty five just doesn't nah. Doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. Yeah, I think the AFL is going to be very hesitant to have the grand final out of Melbourne two years in a row. That's true. And they, they do also have contracts with the MCC, yeah. the fact that sort of has to be there. So yeah. I'm sure there's ways around that if they feel like they you know can't put on the event in the way they want to. But in my opinion, if it was 25,000, I think the AFL probably actually would just go ahead with it in Melbourne. I think that I think they would, definitely. Um, yeah. But you, but you reckon they, that's probably not the right decision? I don't think it would be. That would be a bit harsh. That would be a bit harsh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Well, I really do hope we can have the grand final back at the MCG. Yeah, me too. It wasn't quite the same for Gabba. I'm sure it would be a great event in a, you know, a true football state, either Western Australia or South Australia, but it would be great to have it back at the G. Yeah. And I think, you know, by that time of year, you know, cross your fingers but it's mm. unlikely that there's going to be too much of a problem yeah but cross everything know. yeah you never you just never know <laughs> <laughs> can come from anywhere as yeah, it's shown. absolutely hopefully we can get the timing right for that to uh have final series because there'll be plenty of finals meant to be played in melbourne and perhaps even one down at geelong with so many of the victorian teams up in the top eight Absolutely. I mean, look, just very, very quickly, I'd love to know the figures of what the MCG and the MCC are losing on this whole ordeal, especially over Queen's birthday. And it must have been, and the state of origin they were going to have. Yeah, I'd shudder to think what their uh, what their balance sheet looks like this year. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just one of these things, I suppose. At least the AFL probably wouldn't be losing as, well, it wouldn't be, Losing anywhere near as much money this year, not having no. to do hubs and being able to get a lot of crowds in. But yeah, there's definitely some of these marquee games that they haven't been able to actually get a crowd to, which has been unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, last one for today. So going all the way back to when St Kilda were competing for their next premiership. So the 2009 grand final was the best chance for St Kilda to break their premiership drought since 1966. True or false? Yeah, this is true, I think. Um, I was actually... I was... I I pretty much... I was was backing St Kilda pretty much every time they made a grand final, to be honest. Um, This one might have been a little bit of a dicey one because uh, brothers are Geelong fans, so yeah, um, it was a bit split. But um, definitely most of the other years, I was always, you know, pulling for them. I think 2009 was definitely the best chance and I think it was probably the best side that they had under Ross Lyon as well. Um, so the other ones in contention here were obviously 2010 where they faced off against Collingwood yeah. and 97. 1997 where... They were the favourites against Adelaide and well up going into the last quarter before some heroics from Darren Jarman. I think he kicked five goals in the last quarter to sink them. He certainly did. Um, I also thought 2005 was a decent chance. They didn't make the grand final. They got beaten by Sydney at the MCG, actually, and we all know what happened after that. Um, But I thought that was a good year for them too. Nick Rewalt 
started playing a lot more on the wing and that was a pretty good move for them. Yeah, but, I remember that game actually. Yeah. Uh, so I was at that game and I Yeah. Uh, they were up, they were well up, I think, going into the last quarter and I think it was ten or twelve center clearances in a row to Sydney. <laughs> yeah. It was just amazing. It was crazy. The dominance they yeah. had in that last quarter. Uh, and Goods I think was really tearing it up. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, I think 2009 definitely was their best chance. Um, they'd lost two games. I think it was. I think it was two games all season. Yeah, um, so finished on top of the ladder. Yeah, they were very, very good that year. Um, and yeah, it was. It, it was a really. It was an interesting grand final because um, right from the start, you knew it was going to be a really tough game. It was. I think it was a it was funny weather and that, but um. Yeah, it was quite wet. Yeah, day. it was wet. Um. And I just remember Max Rook um, chasing down Raphael Clark in the first few minutes with this just massive tackle in in the defense, in in Geelong's fifty, and just catching him holding the ball. And it was just it really set the tone for the day. I felt, and it was like, yeah, it's not going to be easy for St Kilda today. So yeah, I, just, I do think that was their best chance, though. Really, I mean that toe poke, it could have gone either way. Um, Two thousand ten. Yeah, was the draw was different because um, they were not the best team that year. No, they definitely weren't. And just going into a little bit more detail about 2009, I think they were actually up by about a goal yep. for most of that last quarter. And they actually had two or three, I think, set shots. I remember Schneider missing uh, at least three set shots that day. A couple of those yep. came in the last quarter, I think. So they definitely had chances to put a bit more space between them and Geelong. And as we've alluded to, it was a wet day and pretty hard to score. So, yeah, just uh, not able to take the chances that presented to them in that last quarter in particular. And even before that, they'd had the better of most of the game. Geelong were playing well as well. But uh, I think, from my recollection, St Kilda probably had more of the play and the better chances to actually put the score on the board for most of that game. Um, look, thinking about it, I still think O'Neill was the best chance, but you could make a case for 2010 being, if you're just thinking about the day, I mean, easily, if the, if the ball bounced up into Milne's hands, it could have done it, but, um, you know, and I think you've actually said, discussed on this podcast before that if there was ever, a, if St Kilda were ever going to win it, it was that day, if they played Yeah, that, that second half was amazing. Absolutely. If they played that game nine times out of ten, Collingwood probably would have gotten the job done. But um, I still would go 2009. I think that was definitely their best chance. Yeah, I guess it just shows, again again, we talk about this, how hard a premiership is to win. And one of the other things that I came across today, looking at some of the grand finals of the last 20 years, was there's actually only been three losing grand final sides that have actually won a grand final within the next two years. Wow. So <laughs> you always hear that line trotted out, you know, oh, you'll have another chance. No pain, but no gain. <laughs> <laughs> most most teams don't actually get another chance. So that's 15% of the time a vanquished grand final side is actually able to come back and win it within the next two years. So, Well, honestly, that's probably what I would have thought. Um like, th- there's no reason why you can't get back there, but 
I am definitely a big believer in if you get there, this could be your chance. This could be your Haley's Comet. And if you don't yeah. take the chance, then you may have to live with the consequences. I'm definitely a big believer in that. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. think that's, that's what it showed to me as well. Like, It's so hard to get to a grand final. If you can actually get to one, you just have to find a way to win it no matter yeah. who you're playing. Yeah, you have to find a way to win it. You can't sit there afterwards and go, oh, well, you must be pleased that you made it. And, oh, you know, at the start of the year, you didn't think you'd make it. You should be happy. Nah, just sport doesn't work that way for me. No. All right, so there's three teams that have done what we're describing there as being very difficult, losing one and then winning one within that two-year period. Can you name any or all of those teams, Johnny? So I'll I'll, I'll have a stab. Um, So they've had to make the grand final within two years. So, so they've lost a grand final, and then in one of the next two years, they've won a grand they've final. They've won it. Okay. Um, ooh. Okay. So I think West Coast lost in the early nineties against Hawthorne, and then won it the next year. Uh, I was sorry. I should have clarified this. This was this was only since two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So. Hmm. So Port lost – no, no, Port didn't make a grand final before 04, did they? Uh, well, uh, the West Coast in 05 made it the next year and won. Yeah, absolutely. Lost to Sydney in 05, won in 06. Yep. Uh, ooh. Um, Geelong lost in 08 and won the next year. They sure did. Huge yeah. upset after going through the 2008 season, only losing a game or two, and then the Hawks got him in the grand final. Absolutely. There's one more. There's one more. Oh, it's Hawthorne 2012 and then the three-peat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just those teams. So You've got to be a good team by the same You've got to be a good team for that. <laughs> That's what I've Yeah, those are very good That's teams there. Geelong who's, you know, won three flags sort of through that era. Hawthorne, the same. And then West Coast, who'd only lost the previous year by less than a kick. So, yeah, <laughs> what yeah, what that tells me is if you get to a grand final and you lose, you're really no closer to winning one than no. most of the other teams. No, that, that resets. It resets after that, yeah. yeah. Well done on getting all those. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> which it was is, the hardest of those? Probably, which, probably which the Geelong one. That's the one that kind of slipped my mind a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you think about it, um, uh, look, the Hawthorne one. I think some people do forget because they just think of the three peat, and maybe that one spurred them on to the success. That who knows? But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thanks again for jumping on the line for a chat, Johnny. Yes, no worries. And it's really footy time. It is really footy time. Get out there and everyone will be able to see their team play this weekend. No more buys. We all love that. So uh, don't forget to tune in for our regular weekly show. Enjoy the footy. And thanks for listening, guys. Bye. (laughs)